Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Today, folks, I have got two good friends with me. Actually, one just spent the whole day with me and Chloe, and the other is visiting from actually Rhode Island. I just forgot. He he just moved. So I would like to welcome Dr. Susan Kay and Paul Bagg. How are you two? Hey, good to hear you. Good to have you both with me today. You know, it's it's good to have you both with me. And we're going to talk about something I have been looking forward to talking about for quite a while with Susan, because we haven't discussed this on the radio. We've discussed it in person, but not on the radio. And... You know, I'm I'm really anxious to get Paul's take on this topic. So this this is interesting. I've been looking forward to this show. Now, it's it's interesting because we've we've talked in past interviews when I've had Susan on about the fact of of some of the things that she does with um, integrative mind body therapies. Okay, and one of the things that you offer is surrogate training. Now, do you want to kind of explain what that is, Susan? Surrogate partner training means just how it it sounds. Surrogate means substitute, and so substitute partner for those folks who do not have a partner that they can go through a sex therapy um, healing, uh, growth and development, uh, learning connection, if you don't have a partner. So what surrogate partner means, substitute partner, is we, we train folks to work inside of a relationship that is run by a therapy model that came out of Masters and Johnson, which includes uh, at its core what's called sensate focus exercises. And I'm sure we'll get into talk about what that is later because it's the core of the work. And Paul can certainly speak to you about sensate focus, right, Paul? He got an A in class on sensate focus. So we'll talk more about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and you're very qualified to do this because, well, I I know this now (laughs) that you did – you did work with, uh, and you're from very familiar with Masters and Johnson, aren't you, Susan? I am. I was. I worked at their clinic as a surrogate uh, with uh, clients that came there for two weeks at a time, and we had to live in an apartment together, like we were a real couple. 
And it was fascinating. I remember one guy, I pulled him off the bus a couple of times. He was getting out of town. <laughs> I made him stay, and he graduated, and we're still in touch today after, I don't even know, 30 years later. Um, we still communicate. But, yeah, it was uh, certainly an experience working with them. And then I also had Bill Masters as one of my professors when I went through my um, human sexuality PhD out in San Francisco. So Bill Masters was one of my professors. Wow. This, it's, you know, after <laughs> I, I watched um, the show Masters of Sex um, when mm-hmm. it was on, I think, mm-hmm. the first time. And, um, you know, in, after, after working with Dr. Ava and, and going through the training with her and, and working with Tova on, on her books and all that, and and then some of the studying I've done on my own, and then working with you, and it's it's been fascinating putting all those pieces together. You know, it just I just find all this fascinating, but it's um, interesting, and I think we're gonna learn even more today. So this is this is cool. Now, so obviously you're qualified to train people to do this, and this training is one of the things that you all do offer at, at IMBT. So. Now, Paul, you've been on before, and we've <laughs> quite a few times, and you are a body worker. That's one of the many things that, that I've had you want to talk about. So, and I, I am taking full credit for introducing you two. I just had a feeling that y'all might get along. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, Please do. You deserve the credit. Absolutely. You've had this feeling. So... What was the impetus that that made you think that that you might want to get involved in this? Okay. Well, like you said, <laughs> I have been on your show before, and and every you know a lot of your your um, listener base they do have an idea of who I am. I do sexual energy work, um, which also <laughs> includes body work, so sexual massage. And I've done that for the purposes of healing, um, for the purposes of, of exploration um, for the client, um, purposes of moving through through trauma, bringing it back to life and, and dealing with it, and also a lot of um, just education for the client about themselves, what they're capable of, what their likes are, what their dislikes are, things of that nature. But I've always taken my clients from a point of them being already willing to get on my table naked and, and you know, jump into the process. Um, the surrogate partner training takes us from the very, very basics of um, communication, the very, very basics of touch, the very basics of consent and trust, and then brings, you know, takes the client all the way through to be able to have um, a happy sex life, a happy sexual experience. So I, I knew that coming in. We've had um, talks before with Tova, and I had mentioned to Tova once upon a time that I was interested in taking the training. And then, of course, when you brought the three of us together and I found out the training was happening, happening in Texas and it was only like two months away, I was like, yes, this is the time. I need to jump into this now. <laughs> so now I'm able to work with clients at a totally different level than I have before 
and you know meet them at a place that I, I they never needed me before. They they had already worked through a lot of it, and again they were brave enough to get a hold of me and jump into this sexual energy work. This was totally different, but something that I knew I had to get involved with. Right. I remember having mm-hmm. uh, Ian Tova on with, with George. We, we did a show on um, fame. I remember that show very well. Um, Susan's been in this for, for years. So she has one perspective, and you're, you're new to this part of the work. So I, I want to get some of your perspectives because um, I mean you're you're you were in similar work, but now that you're you've just been through the training because I'm I'm fascinated mm-hmm. with the, the whole idea of the training. Um, <laughs> I want to get your perspectives on some things, and and we we've got Susan to chime in if if she needs to, <laughs> and I know she will. <laughs> so yep. yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know she will. So what is the gist and the core of the surrogate partner therapy? Sensate focus is is what it's called. And um, breaking those two terms down, sensate being the sensation of of touch and what's involved in it, and then focusing on it and analyzing it. This... Um, program again was nothing like I've ever done before. It was really makes you dig in and, and and think, you know, and experience with with different parts of your mind and actually take it back to the basics. Um, we did exercises where we were touching just simple objects, like say like an orange, and not just feeling the orange and the skin on the orange, but taking time to actually dig in and realize how we're feeling when we touch the orange. You know, is this yeah. this little dimpled type of surface, or I'll call it dimpled, why not? Not like a golf ball, but whatever. Um, this type of surface, is it pleasing to the touch? How does it make me feel? And what, what things does it invoke inside of me, if anything? Um, you know, like smooth surfaces, rough surfaces, things of that nature, and then taking it from the other direction too, being a receiver and being touched and how we like to be touched. And the sensate focus exercises bring you through that with simple objects, with with physical touch, uh, person to person, Um, but it really gets in there. And going through the training, you can also see how important that is for a certain a certain client. Say, um, let's just say, in the case of like a 50-year-old virgin or something, um, for whatever reason, you know, they've never had successful social interactions on a romantic level. So we got to bring it back to basics and start from square one. You know, what is it that this client they need to understand what it is? Number one, that they really want. Uh, number two, how to express that. Number three, how to not only to express it, but how to accept it. Some, some clients have trouble accepting all of this. So the sensate focus exercises gets them to think and experience and, and be more confident with it all and answer some of their own personal questions. That was, I remember the first time um, Tova and I ever 
talked about Sensate Focus because I hadn't heard about it, heard of it before until she brought it up one day, and we were working on one of her projects. And I, it's just a fascinating topic, absolutely fascinating. So yeah, that's um, that was one of the one of my favorite things in, in a couple of her books when we were working on it. So I just that's it, and it's fascinating well, to explain to people. And there are things that, you know, if somebody doesn't have an issue with touch or if they're not, um, they don't have any type of trauma associated with touch, we just take it for granted. Like I do. I take it, I pick up a pen all the time and use it, throw it down, whatever. I never actually sit there to take the time and say, all right, how does this pen actually feel? Um, you know, I can rub my arm with this pen and how does that feel? The pen itself, there's the probably 25 different facets to it, just looking at it right here. And individually, they can all have their own little sensation on my body. It's amazing. Right. Well, that's the thing. When you, when you actually slow down and, and focus on those feelings, it's, it's totally different. So, yeah. And another um, tool that we teach through the actual being present with touch is intention and attention. Like what is your intention for this touch? Are you giving to get or are you giving to receive? Um, what is the attention? Are you paying attention to how the other person is reacting or what the other reactions are or are you having the attention put totally on what you are experiencing because we get Ooh, lost like in what, what is happening to the other person. And we have, then it becomes like a goal, like turning someone on or getting someone to another level when the real key and the real basic need is what am I sharing with myself because it's first you with you, that I can then right. give to another. And that's wrapped up in intention and attention. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I, I'm cool. Similar thing, but I, 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 I've said that, but not that way. I like that way of expressing it. Interesting. I don't mm. think we have that in the book. Just mentioning that while we're talking. <laughs> so. Okay, make a note. We'll get it in the book. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're not done yet. Every time we get to another topic, oh, we didn't do that one yet. Oh, we didn't say that yet. And we just keep adding on. <laughs> I think the listeners are used to us saying that every time we're on here. <laughs> so... Yeah, we're gonna to get to the point and go. Oh crap, we missed that part, and the book's done. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, sequel. <laughs> I what editing for? <laughs> well, that's so funny. So, um, what is it, or what is, or or what should be an integral part of? Well, okay, hold on. Let me let me say this another way. Um, should surrogate partner therapy be an integral part of sex therapy? 
Well, you can take that talk with the therapist side of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. From my view, I was just going to say that that again. Okay, you're at the sex therapist, so that's your end of it. From me, in my point of view, from what else I've done before, I think it should definitely be an option. Um, it should always be an option for for somebody who isn't partnered. Um, doesn't have somebody to work with, but wants to be treated, wants to, you know, attain some goal, and you should always be an option. And, and again, the skills that I just learned um, to be able to do this work, if they're taught to clients, they're, they're, they're just going to gain so much out of it that it's beneficial no matter what, in my opinion. Now you can have it, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, um, it, you're speaking kind of broadly to sex therapy or just folks that are without partners or needing a partner or broadly in sex therapy, period? I think more just generalized as far as being available. Yeah. So, I mean, in in the way that Nikki phrased it, to, to use it, as an integral part of sex therapy, um, we we get relegated to that sex therapy means we're working with 10% of the body or our erotic potential. You know, the genitals is the focus. And so to expand the possibility of the erotic potential that we all possess with, uh, you know, all the wiring and the nerve endings, we can, we can only do so much when we're sitting at the desk talking what I call neck up and not including from the neck down what is the the needs, wants, and desires or the blocks or the places where people are stuck for one reason or another, trauma or early messages. So the use of hands-on, whether it be a cuddle therapist or a basic massage therapist that's trained by us to uh, incorporate this work into their work, um, I think almost everybody that comes in for sex therapy can utilize some aspect of mind-body integrations of the tools that come along with, with what I call somatic arts, which covers modalities from ancient wisdom to current day awarenesses that we didn't have before. So I think it could, it could be or should be looked at as an integral part. Yeah. Oh, it, what she just said also goes along with things I've been saying on your shows for years um, about working holistically, body, mind, and soul, instead of just covering one area, expecting healing to take all three into account and work that way. Good. You have to include on it all. I'm going to ask a kind of a side question since you you brought up cuddle therapy, Susan. Mm. Sure. And 
that's misunderstood and it's gotten kind of a bad rap because there, there are people that don't really know what they're doing that have done that in areas. Can you give um, the listeners some educated information on cuddle therapy, like what it is, why it's done, how it's done, that kind of thing? Sure. So our most primal need is touch. We are wired with all the nerve endings we're ever going to have when we're born. And they're all fired up and ready to go. Touches our most developed sense when we're born. Yeah, you can't hear so good, you can't see so good, you can only smell mother's milk, and taste buds aren't developed. What happens as we age out? Can't hear so good, can't see so good, and we lose our sense of taste and smell, but our skin hungers, our skin nerve endings never change unless there's, of course, accident or illness that would affect the the nerve endings. But it, it's so primal, and we know that babies die in institutions that aren't held or touched. And so being cuddled uh, as a child or, you know, I guess even as an adult, but the wiring is implanted uh, when we're, we're babies, when we're, we're children. You know, we're, we're reading our world through our sensuality. We don't have cognition on board till like age five or six. So our whole world and the foundation that sets us up for how we do relate to our bodies and even to others is set into place in that window of time. And so when, when touch is absent from our early years, we go down a road that we are being programmed. And I can follow a thread in my intake um, with a, with a new client, I can follow that thread of what happened to them those first five years to potentially the virgin sitting in front of me because there's something that gets broken or missing or uh, undeveloped when we don't have nurturing. So cuddlist can take us back and give us those awakenings, help us to get in touch with those uh, touch sensors, that feeling of being safe, feeling of being held and loved without it being sexual. You know, we just are so easy and quick to say if you touch someone, it means it's going to go to sex, or you touch someone and it means that you want to have sex. You know, we're so touch-phobic. And so where do we go to heal those pieces and parts of our early development that have been left unwired or unconnected. So being held as an adult can replace or rejuvenate or teach the body that this is safe. And, I mean, clients whimper and cry sometimes like children because the body knows uh, this um, barometer of need that is low and needs to be filled. So it's, it's really a beautiful gift to be able to give someone that can give them a new foundation for, for adult relationships. Interesting. So 
is there actual training that a cuddle therapist goes through? Oh, yeah. There's certifying bodies for cuddle therapy. And like, like with surrogacy, if people aren't trained and don't come to you with certification, then there's reason to question. Okay. All right. Well, I think sometimes, like, if if a person's really upset about something and somebody just comes up and, and puts their arms around you, you can just start to cry just involuntarily. But you just, it's, it, and like I said, it, it is involuntarily, but it, it's just, you feel that, you know, the, the comfort, the safeness, the whatever, whatever, you and your body need it. You feel when a person puts their arms around you. Sometimes, you know. So yeah, it, it makes it makes good sense. I don't think I got I that it. as before. I was I I had a couple of like major health issues, but I really got it after that. It's just human being to human being. Doesn't matter what color we are. Doesn't matter what sex we are. Doesn't doesn't matter how much money we make. Like none of that matters. When you can laser sharp touch someone to their heart or to their core, as you're saying, that it's just our humanity is in place. We're just there for each other, no matter yeah. what else is going on. Yeah. There, there's the intention part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I mean the the whole touch. I mean we we got well most of us got during the whole COVID thing, especially the first year of it, when you know it was like you know don't touch people, stay away from people, don't that kind of thing. I I think it sunk in with a lot of people how much they missed the the contact and the touch with other people. So. Oh yeah. Okay. Now. And- People's pets Go had never been so hugged and loved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You still you, you still need that that skin hunger somewhere, and went to the mm-hmm. next best thing. That's it. <laughs> Definitely did. Now this next question goes back to something Paul and I have talked about on here before, and the reason I initially introduced you to. What are the ethics involved with this type of therapy? I know that's a, a concern that some people likely have. And like I said, I, this this is something that, that I know Paul has been very involved with the work that, that he does and uh, something you two have talked about. Well, it's actually one of the things that when, again, when you introduced us, it was one of the things that really appealed to me coming from my ethics background um, mm-hmm. was was this work and, and everything that would be involved in the ethics there. And I was expecting um, to get a whole lot of new information during the course. Um, I got a whole lot more than I was expecting. It actually, a couple of times sat here, you know, I'm self-assessing, and I'm like, all right, do, do my ethics that I already have jive with, you know, working with a person at this level and and and... Um, training in this way, when generally I was talking about issues that were in the sexual energy work. Um, basically, everything involved with this is ethics. We we go through a huge part in our training around some of Betty Martin's work with consent. 
um, and like, why am, I, why am I doing this? Why am I touching? Why am I being touched? Is this what I want? Um, the, the ethics are all over this work. Um, you, really, you really, really, really have to have yourself in check as a surrogate um, to keep analyzing yourself and make sure you're doing things for the right reason, make sure you're not bringing in your own stuff into a session. Because um, even more so, even more than the work that I was doing um, on, the, on the table with the sexual energy work, we're, we're taking people and training them fundamentally. So at that point, if, if any of my stuff were to get involved in the training, you know, that's, that's setting a firm foundation on something that I never should have allowed in there to begin with. So the ethics there is huge. Professionally, I know that there's therapists out there that have issues around ethics of the work itself, um, you know, saying that touching your client is unethical and all that. Uh, I've heard Susan say in the past, actually a few times, that, you know, not offering your client all the options that are available to them, that's unethical. And that made perfect sense to me. Um, People generally don't even like to talk about professionally because it kind of brings them into an area where they do have to start self-analysis. Right. But it's something that always has to be there. It it always has... When you're working on an intimate level with anybody, your ethics always have to be beyond reproach. So they always have to be in consideration. Very true. Well, and, and the thing is, the person is trusting you on such a level. And, and like I so said, we, we discuss this in depth in a show, just discussing um, ethics and I, I can't remember if it was you that I had on or somebody else talking specifically about um, the problems in the field with some of the people that, that were not living up to the ethics. Because um, I did cover yeah. that in the show. You um, did, actually. Talk to me, okay. and I think it was Tanya Diamond, too, a little bit about it. Yeah. But, yeah, because yeah, there, there are people that are not living up to the ethics of it. So I, I wanted to cover that to give people things to look out for, you know, to make sure that they were making wise decisions about the people they were going to. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, you're putting so much trust into a person, and especially like if, if you've been into a situation where, you know, you're you're going for healing work. You know, you mm. you already need to heal from something. You don't want to go to somebody that's going to do something to cause additional problems. So, yeah, no. the ethics are really critical. And the clients are coming to you at, for the most part, their most vulnerable state. You know, they're breaking down everything to you. Our sexuality is usually something, you know, some people hide it inside or there's always secrets around it somewhere. You're breaking all that down, laying it out in front of somebody. You definitely want to know that you can trust them. Right. And again, what is is done, and what is done either with that person or influences that person at that base and fundamental level, you know, if it's not done correctly, it can harm them. Right. Susan, is there anything concerning the the ethics that you'd like to add? 
The other piece is that we are under scrutiny in many ways, right? So being impeccable in our work is imperative to keep this process um, available because I just have felt for 30 years they're lying in wait for for me to screw up. And it is that feeling now, I mean, 30 years now, later, um, when, where we see integrative mind-body medicine on the, on the docket, like it's something that we're riding on the coattails of integrative mind-body therapy. So there is an awakening that we're not going away I've been saying this for 30 years. They didn't believe me, and we're not going away. And there, there is a now ethical push for folks to, okay, I'm going to have to take a look at this and how those ethics that they've learned and, and what Paul said about that is it not unethical to be giving your client all of the wraparound services they need because not any one therapist has everything that a client could potentially need. That's just, that just rubs me so that we have this egotistical, I have all the answers for you, is unethical for me. So I think it's changing because they are going to have to deal with us. We're not going away, and it has to get figured out. Well, it seems to, and I may be off base with this, but it seems to me that if if you work with a couple of different people, you're also getting different perspectives from the different people. Isn't that beneficial to give you some balance also? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, okay. Well, in the eth- um, keeping with the ethics here, um, like what, I've, what we've talked about before, me with the sexual energy body work and stuff, that's me and my client right there. It's just the two of us, the whole thing, that, the whole interaction on the phone, wherever, it's just the two of us. In the situation of a surrogate partner therapist, they work within a triadic model, meaning there's a sex therapist, and there's the client, and there's always communication between all three. So right. the, ethic, the ethics are much, also much easier to keep in check when you have that, that communication between all three people. So it's not just, you know, two people alone in a room somewhere. There, there, there's more involved in it, and there's more checks and balances, we'll say. Right. Well, that's, that's just like... I, I love brainstorming with people. You know, I, I do good work by myself, but I also like, even if I'm doing a project by myself, I like to talk to somebody and bounce ideas off of them. You know, because two, two minds are better than one, you know. So if you can take something you're doing and talk it out with somebody else, you know, and, and Susan and I do that today. You know, when you're you're taking your ideas and you're sharing them with the other person, and you're bouncing ideas back and forth, I always think you do better when you do something like that. You know, and the same thing with this, 
you're both working with the person, you know, two or three people, and you're, you each have your perspective of what's going on, and you're all giving input, I just think you get a better result that way. But that's just my perspective from things that I've done. So, mm-hmm. so okay, Paul, I'm, I'm curious, and you've, you've been here and I haven't. So tell us, tell us something about the training. What goes on that you can share? <laughs> um, lots of finger food. Um, there's dogs to take care of. There's a hot tub out back. Um, no, there. Well, Come first on, of all, the good stuff. <laughs> there, the training itself um, really is a lot of, of experiential and introspective work as far as the exercises. Um, so you can you can learn about yourself through the exercises, and then, of course, you can apply the same thing and teach a client. Um, that, that, to me, was, was really more than I was expecting. Um, I, I was thinking I was just going to go into this. We were going to learn skills. We were, you know, we were going to cover certain topics and things like this. I wasn't expecting so much of the introspective work on myself, with the basics of touch, I, I figured it would be there with the ethics, yes, but with the basics of touch. And I learned so much about what I enjoy and things that I don't enjoy through the, the training exercises, through the sensate focus exercises. And to me, that right there, that, that was worth, you know, the tuition alone, that was everything. So, you know, I'm, that was, that's, that's something I say about, about my coaching training. I, I learned so much about me, it was worth the time I put into it. You know, it's, it's well, and, and the funny thing was, in in the summary of the course, it says you're going to learn a lot about yourself. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. You know? But then right. as I was going through, I did. And I'm like, okay, wait a second. <laughs> you know? what's, what's happening? What, what's going on with me, you know? But it's amazing. That, that's why I love learning. I love digging into things because you do. You grow as a person, you know, whatever, whatever you're learning, you know. So good. I'm, I'm glad to see that that works that way too. <laughs> that's what keeps you young, to keep learning. Yeah, well, it does. It does. You keep keep the mind going, you know, and you gotta do it. But so mm-hmm. that and, and the new set of skills that I took away, um yeah, all of it all of it together is just it, it was priceless. It was put it that way. Well, just just talking to Susan, you learn things. So <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> well, and it's not just you Susan. Do? There are there are other yes. members of IMBT <laughs> that train in the course as well. Okay. All right, cool. Like I said, I, I've been curious about that since I met Tova, and I'm just more curious now that I've, I've worked with Susan. So mm-hmm. what, what do you plan to do with the new training? Because you, you've kind of told us a little bit, but... You know, I mean, you, you've you grown and you've learned about yourself, but, I mean, I, I you've got to practice. You just moved to a new location, new area, so you can expand your work. 
with the new training that you had? Um, yeah, in ways I actually wasn't even expecting when I started to take the course. Um, first of all, I just I fell in love with Susan. I fell in love with her 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 drive. I fell in love with her passion for the work. Everything, and in turn, you know, she she is a coach. She kind of she she guided that whole thing of me falling in love with the Masters and Johnson dream, you know, and 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 bringing it forward. Um, I dove right in, and I, I, the water's great. I'm just going to keep swimming. Uh, <laughs> so my plan is to yes, keep doing what I have been doing. Um, not maybe not focusing on it so much. It's always been um, where the clients kind of find me anyway. So I think we'll just keep it that way. I, I do plan on being a working surrogate. So I need to connect more closely in my New England area with other sex therapists like Susan. And But as far as me falling in love with the work and the dream, I actually want to do more to help promote it and um, to help Susan. So I, I want to start teaching workshops that are focused around the basics of touch that I could try to teach to professionals so they can see, you know, the value of it so we can be, make it more mainstream so that people can get the healing they need or the education, self-education they need so, to, so that it's not done in the shadows anymore, basically. Right. So I'm, I'm going to work doing workshops. I have um, a list of some organizations in my area and in my new area that I want to try and talk to them and see if we can collaborate in some way, again, to try and make this type of sexuality work more mainstream. Awesome. Well, and, yeah. and you've got a whole new area now, so, you know. Exactly. Interesting. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. The first time, I remember the first time that Susan and I ever talked about the, the book that she had in mind, and that was ages ago. And I'm like, this this is a message that, I mean, the message that that you wanted to convey, Susan, was one that that really hit home for me, and I was like, man, we got to work on this book together. <laughs> you know, it, hmm. we we got to get this message out. You know, so and uh, it just seeing seeing it getting this close to completion is just yeah, it's uh, I'm real. It's one of my favorite projects by far. It's uh, it's going to be great when it gets out, and I can't wait to start letting people read the read it and get their feedback and just just see how it impacts people. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And just you wait, Paul. Just you wait. You mm-hmm. will. You will get a copy soon. <laughs> so, yeah. I can't wait for it. Jumping yep. in, <laughs> making it happen. So Susan, what what is some of the you know the one of the things that I enjoy because I remember I remember one of my other favorite projects was working on Toba's book that was titled best one of the best titles I've ever heard and most accurate titles I've ever seen for a book mm-hmm. was Sex is the least of it and uh-huh. I had her and we talked about that. 
Um, and that was her book where she interviewed, and she interviewed you. I remember that too. Um, mm-hmm. yep. And and she interviewed a bunch of of people that I think it was like twenty nine or thirty um, surrogate partners, and she interviewed several therapists. And it was a great bunch of people. Paul, if you haven't read that, you should read her book. Um, oh, I have. It's required okay. reading, of course. <laughs> it should be. It should be. Um, and it was interesting that people have misconceptions, to say the least, about what's involved in surrogate partner training. Um, they don't realize how many social skills are included and that it isn't just about sex which is why the title was so perfect you know there's so many things that a person needs to learn that's included you know and it just that was that was a huge eye-opener for me working with her on that project you know, there's so many things people need to learn. And it's, I, I honestly, I think so much of the training should be required education for 95% of the population. You know, can you imagine <laughs> how many less divorces we would have? Because <laughs> people would have a clue how to date. You know, they'd have a clue how to have a relationship. You know, but Mm. it's just, um, I don't know, it's just, it's amazing the difference it could make for people if they had even a portion of the training that you offer people. Well, my dissertation is about, is I wanted to prove uh, that the socialization skills were way more of import and value than the actual sexuality education, which is very small piece of their training if it's still needed and what I proved in my my research was that 66% of the people finished the socialization skills and didn't need to go on to the the sexuality piece because they had they had changed themselves they had changed up or added, learned dating skills and changed up their apartments. I mean, I had a guy change his shoes and it turned his life around. <laughs> he came in all strapped up with wingtips, you know, all tied real tight and perfect. And he had his shirt all buttoned up to the collar and, you know, just felt like, you know, so stiff walking in the the office. And I told him when he left, I said, I want you to go out and buy a pair of loafers. He said, what? I want you to go buy a pair of loafers. Next time he came into the office, he had loafers on. He had a relaxed shirt. He was a totally different man. The small things, going in, helping them redecorate their apartment, put some pictures on the walls. You know, you don't just have a TV and a and a stool at the counter and no sofa or you know, you have to fix your apartment up so that women are going to feel welcome and teach them how to dress. We take them shopping. You know, we teach them, yep. teach them how to dance. And it is these skills that 
are, like you're saying, we don't teach them uh, culturally or help people to know how to be with themselves. And as you know, Nikki, the core of our book is you with you. <laughs> and but, then you we know. You with or even just teaching somebody how to listen, how to be present. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, and you wrap it up with the communication, don't you, Susan? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I found that out today. <laughs> we were going to put that in writing, too. <laughs> That's it. You know, it's, 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 there's so many of those things, and they're just, nobody teaches it. You know, they don't teach it, and people don't know it. And it's, I just, like I said, it ought to be required learning, but people just don't discuss it. But it's, um, I don't know. Tragedy, really. Yep. We need we need to put it together and put it on Patreon, and we just we need to do it, Susan. <laughs> we really okay. do. Okay, let's do it. You guys have a long <laughs> list of things. I know. <laughs> yeah, and we're not getting younger over here, so you better hurry up. <laughs> oh, come on now. Well, I'll tell you what, Paul. You, you get the grant for us, and we'll do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Get ready. Okay. And and then we'll we'll convince somebody in Washington to approve it for the school board. <laughs> we'll start with yeah. the, we'll start with the, the schools and then well, we'll, wait we'll a minute. We we did have a a surgeon general once upon a time who wanted to teach masturbation in schools. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't see that happening Dr. right now. Sat there and Dr. Bill Satan and, and I was fortunate enough to be in, uh, invited to some of the the fundraisers and the awareness um, programs that Satcher and Bill uh, it's called it's a call to action for sex education and and sexual um, information being distributed and taught. And as soon as the administration changed in 2002, uh, the Mm -hmm. call to action was buried. I still carry it around. I have it with me right here. I'm sure it's in one of my bags because I I write to politicians. I make people aware of it. Uh, It got buried, and it needs to come back out. So 80% 80 of this isn't even sexual and needs to get out. Yeah. Hmm. What would be we need to we need to work on that, y'all. It it needs to get out there. <laughs> okay. Now you've right. got three projects you just mentioned to me. <laughs> Are you the moving book to Texas or am I moving here to Virginia? <laughs> Are we all moving to Rhode Island? <laughs> there you go. I got plenty of room for all of us. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's right. And Paul just moved. Seven and a half acres we can spread out on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we got we all kinds of our there. So we start our okay. um, all under one roof. The body workers and the the, the uh, therapists have a center okay. like Masters and Johnson had. We need to have that come back. Well, Paul's got seven and a half acres. 
I got stuck cutting some trees. <laughs> <laughs> well, get busy, Paul. Okay, well, I'll see if I can't round up some help. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, well, what, what have I not asked you to about this that I should have? What have I missed? I don't know that you missed anything unless there's something... I mean, I've done a lot of talking. Unless there's something Susan wants to put in here. Well, usually somebody asks about the legality of it. I know we touched on it. I think what we know now is that there's been no legal actions brought against a a surrogate nor a therapist that has worked with a surrogate. So it's, it's what's called in a gray area. And what makes it different from prostitution, which I have no problem with people who want to do what they want to do with their bodies, but that we uh, are not looked at as therapists and we're rolled into the escort kind of uh, labeling. So it's always keeping that in the forefront of not only when you're with clients and practicing, but when you're speaking about the work and people want to know, well, is it legal? You know, what's going to happen if somebody comes to you? Are they going to be, you know, in trouble legally? So I just say, again, there's not a case on the books. It's legal in uh, Canada. And we are, if anyone knows of organizations that are working towards what we call decrim or decriminalization of sex workers, that people should be allowed to do with their bodies what they feel and keep safe. And if we would legalize it, then we would have more of an opportunity to keep people safe and have it more monitored and under the radar of safety. So it's it's a piece that keeps it it keeps it down and it keeps the therapist from being able to utilize the service. Any kind of body work service is looked at as illegal. And so be aware of that and any way that you can get the word out or be part of this uh, movement, that would be greatly appreciated. All right. Well, would you each like to let the listeners know how they can get more information about your work and your website? Um, okay. For me, um, <laughs> my, my email is tantraviking at yahoo.com. Um, I can be found... Actually, wait a minute. Is that my website, too? Oh, yeah, it is. So you can go to tantraviking.com. <laughs> And um, go to my website. You can see what I'm up to. I'm actually planning on doing some work on it this weekend. Um, and I'll be happy to an- answer any information that somebody may have. Uh, not information. Any questions somebody may have, I'll be happy to give you information um, about the work, about as far as maybe if you are a potential candidate for the work, and then we can um, work on finding a sex therapist to work with us. Um, that's actually how it works. I don't work alone. It's always done in the triadic model. So there's always a sex therapist involved. 
And, uh, yeah, so that's me. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, this, this is not a trick question, Paul. <laughs> and so, Susan, how can they find you? It's about the same as Paul, Dr. Susan K, D-R-S-U-S-A-N-K-A-Y-E.com is the website. Email Dr. Susan K at Gmail and our the Integrative Mind Body Therapies Institute is I you can easily find it with IMBT International.com or there's a button on my website that takes you to that site. Oh. Do you also there's also a um yeah. A Patreon? I didn't get all of you, maybe? Oh, right. Yeah, there, we have a Patreon where, where we don't have much classes, class work on there as yet, but that's the goal. And we do have people who sponsor us or become patrons, and that way you get to see when we put up postings. Or I have a YouTube channel. Dr. Susan Kay, and we have folks on there that interview that are in the work, both on the neck up perspective and that are on the neck that are in the neck down modality. So you can check out the YouTube channel, which is connected to our Patreon, and that some of the people we interview are on Patreon rather than on the YouTube. So. Yeah, those are two good places you can learn more about who the people are that work for and with us. Believe it or not, Nikki, uh, our first conversation, me and Susan, all she wanted to know was, do you want to put some classes on Patreon? That was it. I I can believe that. (laughs) I am not surprised by that, Paul. (laughs) Next thing I know, I'm getting plane tickets to Texas. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> she hasn't gotten on plane to Texas yet, but she's she's been here a few times though. <laughs> yeah, yep. and her and Chloe are buddies. That's it. That's it. Well, thank you both for being here and sharing information. Like I said, I'm I'm very curious about the training, so I enjoyed the information and I hope that the listeners enjoyed the information. I will have the replay on the website at www.lovecoachjourney.com and we will have more information about the book very soon. Did they know the title? Have you said the title? If they don't, the title is Am I Normal If by Dr. Susan Kay. So listeners, I'll be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio.